Welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for hyper-local news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. Just a reminder, you can participate in early voting until November 2nd at Belmont Town Hall. It's really easy. I did it myself, so you can too. And if you miss the early voting, no problems, just get out and vote on November 6th. One of Selectman Adam Dash's personal hobbies is collecting memor historical memorabilia from Belmont's past. Recently, he stumbled across a trove of materials, photos, dating to World War I from one Belmont veteran. He has graciously donated them to the Belmont Historical Society just in time for their commemoration of World War I. Joanna Juvelis has the story. I was searching for Belmont memorabilia online, as I sometimes do in my uh, free time, just to see what's out there. And I came across in an antique store online in Arizona, these uh, private collection of World War I memorabilia from Private Leroy Mann of Belmont on uh, 87 Beach Street. And um, Leroy Private Mann was assigned to HQ Detachment, the 151st Field Artillery Brigade, 76th Division was drafted on October 4th, 1917. His unit arrived in France in July of 1918. He was discharged on April 30th, 1919 at Camp Devens here in Massachusetts. The main thing that attracted me to it was this, which is the um, program, the original program to Belmont's celebration for World War I veterans on July 4th, 1919, which was held basically all day all over town. Um, and what it has in here, which I thought was fascinating, is a, it's got the list of the uh, people who died in the war from Belmont. It's got photographs of the men. It's got a list of everybody in town who served in the war, including the auxiliaries, and it has Miss uh, Private Man listed in here. It's got a list of all of the people from Belmont who won medals, and it's got the medals that they were awarded, and it's got their pictures. Um, and then it's got the program for the day. It's also got the, the selectmen, the committee that put together the event, it's got the program with the church bells rung at sunrise, noon, and sunset, national salute at sunrise and sunset, uh, band concert at town field, uh, from six to midnight dancing at town hall exclusively for those who were in the service. Well, today I formally donated the memorabilia to the Belmont Historical Society, which graciously uh, accepted it. So, and they're going to be um, using it as an educational tool for the end of the war. That's why we wanted to do it now to give the society enough time between now and November 11th when the anniversary is to create boards or present whatever they want to do with it. But uh, the good news is they're going to display it in some fashion and um, so people will be able to see it. Well, we have, there are 500 men and women from Belmont who served in World War I. And this is one of the few personal accounts that we have of a Belmont soldier in the war. There's photographs, there's some postcards, uh, there's other uh, memorabilia, paper, ephemera, and it, it's great that it's coming back to Belmont after 100 years. Welcome to This Week in the Citizen Herald, Belmont's online and print news source, and welcome back, Joanna Juvelis, senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald. Thank you, Michael. Really happy to be here. So I understand the big headline in, in the newspaper this week is... You know, the new features that the new 7 to 12 school will, will have if, if exactly. voters approve the financing. Yes, so as the debt exclusion vote 
is getting closer November 6th. I thought it would be a good idea to do a story about the features of the new building that the current building does not have. All right. The number one thing that's going to be very much improved is the security of and, this new facility. And that's important to so many parents. So many parents. I went through the plans with Superintendent John Phelan and he showed me how the, the upper school and the lower school will each have their own entrance, but it will be, it will require people to get through two doors, okay. not just one. So there's an exterior door they'll get buzzed in, they'll be in a little foyer, then they have to get buzzed into a second door. Okay. But I think very much worth noting is that second door leads to the main office of that school. Yeah. Unlike now, where you get in the second door or the first door, so, whatever so it is, a, and you're just wandering in essence, the halls. In essence, there's right. someone always watching the, the, the exactly. door. Exactly. And all the exterior doors, when they do open, will send a signal to the main office as well as the school resource officer. All right. That's, office. that's important. I think so. Um, the school will also be bigger and have more flexible space. Yes, so the school is almost double the size of the current building, you, mm -hmm. know, hope, you know, with a capacity for 2,500 students it's, planning well, it's for the future. Par part of that is also because it's two schools. Exactly, and they, they had so many meetings with parents and educators and students as and they, they planned this. they even went this. to new schools, or yes. other, I'm sorry, other schools. Exactly. They visited other schools because they wanted to make this a school that will serve Belmont for 50 or more years and enhance teaching and learning right. and all the goals that they have. So the big thing is flexible spaces, mm -hmm. which means the classrooms will have, the, many of the classrooms can be made bigger or smaller with movable furniture and lots of areas for kids to yeah. spread out and do group projects. That's, that's important because right now they're spilling out into the hallways yes. and they, yeah. they, have, they actually have no space. The other big thing is the up-to-date science labs and the robotics and physics lab that the new facility And that's been a, a, a chronic problem in the yes. current building. right. The current labs are very much out of date. Mm -hmm. And the other big thing I would say is a lot of natural light. If anyone who's seen the interior plans see that there's a lot of glass everywhere, a lot of outdoor views. Very different from the current building, which is very dark. Very dark. Very dark. Um, the brand new auditoriums worth mentioning. No more ripped chairs. They'll still have a little theater as well. I think a lot uh -huh. of people may not know that. Um, more bicycle racks for mm -hmm. students to encourage them to bike to school. And I think the big thing, too, is this net zero energy design. So it's it's going to be geothermal, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... and, and yeah. Ultimately, by net zero, it, it means that you know we're not drawing electricity mm -hmm. for heating and cooling. We're not using natural gas. Um, exactly, very green, and over time, we'll save the town money. Right, we're so, not paying any more energy bills. Exactly. So I, I hope you know people will pick up a copy of the paper. It's also online. Read read more about it, and then you'll be a more educated voter on November 6th. Well, that's important. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, and we'll talk with you next time. Thank you. And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters of all the interesting things happening in Belmont this week. Jane also has an interview with Mary Carter, community services librarian at the Belmont Library to talk about One Book, One Belmont. 
Hi everybody, welcome to this week's community calendar. Before we get into next week's events, we have a special guest with us today. We've got Mary with us from the library. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, Mary's here to talk about uh, wrapping up of One Book, One Belmont That's next right. week. Uh, before we get into what's going to be going on next week, though, we want to talk a little bit about how One Book, One Belmont has gone this year. Yes, definitely. Um, we are probably about halfway through now. Mm -hmm. um, we started off uh, One Book, One Belmont with a really cool event that actually the Belmont Media Center collaborated mm -hmm. with. We showed Young Frankenstein at the Studio Cinema. You guys hired someone to do professional makeup yes, for Hal Shubin. Yes. Um, so Hal got made up as Frankenstein and was able to greet people as they came in um, to Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. That was a great kickoff event. We just had an awesome event last night. Um, the Belmont Chinese American Association is one of our co-sponsors. They put on an event in Chinese about Chinese science fiction and how it's like a new genre. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, we have our Frankenstein Escape Room, mm -hmm. um, which is totally created and put on by our teen librarian, Rachel Moyer. She creates the idea for it mm -hmm. um, and then leads people through the escape room. So we have... I think four sessions, two are already filled up. Okay. We still have a couple sessions available for adults. Okay. Um, and then you also did the audio book yes, with People in Town. Well, yeah, which you guys. Which was also in partnership with the Media Center. Absolutely did an amazing job. We have, let's see, 25 Belmont community members um, read different chapters of Frankenstein, and then it's all compiled into this audio book mm -hmm. um, that we are circulating at the library right now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to check those out. There's what five? I think there's copies, copies around there. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah. So check that out. And then lastly, you're going to have an event next week that's going to wrap everything up. Yes. We Wanna have our about that? big um, finale event. Mm -hmm. Charlotte Gordon, who um, is a local award-winning author, wrote a biography a couple of years ago on the author of Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, mm -hmm. and her mother, Mary Wollstonecraft. Mm -hmm. um, and just about what pioneering women they were for their time period. You know, they were both um, grew up in the 1800s and also how um, Mary Wollstonecraft, who wrote A Vindication of the Rights of Woman, mm -hmm. really influenced Mary Shelley just both in her life and um, in her writing. Even though I believe um, Mary Wollstonecraft died, it was like mere days after she gave birth to Mary Shelley. Oh, okay. But wow. she just had a lasting impact on Mary Shelley. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. So she's going to be coming in and talking about that, not just about the book, but about what's in the book and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of an author talk that's at the Beach Street Center on November 1st, um, starting at 7 p.m. And yeah, we're really looking forward to just hearing her take on how those two lives kind of interplayed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just a cool book in terms of getting to kind of see the cast of characters. You know, there's Percy Shelley, there's Lord Byron. You really get like a whole sense of the early 1800s in England. All right, great. Well, it sounds like you've had a really successful yeah, with we're, one book, we're one so Belmont. happy. We're so happy so far, um, and we're really looking forward to our remaining events and wrapping up with Charlotte Gordon. So great. So yeah. So be sure that you check out some of those events that are going to be going on. If you do happen to catch this on Friday, you can you may may still be able to sign up for the escape yeah. room. Hopefully, I think be sure so. to check that out. Yeah. Um, if you do catch that before this weekend, and uh, if not, be sure to go to the author talk next 
Thursday at the Beach Street Center. You got it. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, and with that, we'll get into next week's events. Belmont World Film marks the 100th anniversary of Czech independence with a special series of films. On Monday the 29th, Ice Mother makes its North American premiere in which a 67-year-old widow rescues an affable ice swimmer with a depressed chicken from drowning in a river. This chance encounter leads to new hobbies and romance in this year's Czech entry for the Academy Awards Best Foreign Language Film. And on November 5th, Family Friend will also make its North American debut. Set in the 1940s during German occupation, this story of unrequited love comprises the first part of the Garden Store trilogy. Both films can be viewed at Studio Cinema at 7.30. Tickets are available on belmontworldfilm.org. Art Cohen is an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and journalist. Cohen is also a reporter and anchor for the all-news radio station WBZ-AM in Boston. Meet this local celebrity and hear entertaining behind-the-scenes stories from his radio experience on Tuesday at 1.15 at the Beach Street Center. Before you head out for a night of treats, visit Habitat for an afternoon of tricks. On Wednesday afternoon, Habitat staff have some Halloween tricks up their sleeves, including an experiment with a pumpkin and other tomfoolery to get you prepared for the big night. Learn about the signs and symptoms and impact of stress and anxiety on the teenage brain and factors that foster resiliency on Thursday at 7 at the Town Hall Auditorium. This presentation, sponsored by the Belmont Health Department and Youth and Family Services Program, will discuss helpful ways in which you can support your child in managing and mitigating stress and anxiety. The session will follow with two smaller breakout sessions for elementary and middle school parents on November 8th and on November 15th for middle and high school parents. Join Belmont Wheelworks for a women's-only fall-themed road ride on Sunday at 9 a.m. This 24-mile no-drop ride will start at Belmont Wheelworks. We'll stop at Wilson Farm around mile 20 for cider donuts and coffee and head back to the start. In the event of rain, this ride will be canceled, so be sure to check Belmont Wheelworks' Facebook page for cancellation notices. Join Tinker Garden in a fall lantern walk at Beaverbrook Reservation on Sunday at 4.30. Welcome the end of daylight savings and gather with families to sing songs, light lanterns, and enjoy an outdoor walk in the park. Learn more and register for this free walk at tinkergarten.com. And that's it for this week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can email your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. The Belmont Gallery of Art has a new show called The Emotion of Color, Abstract Expressionism in the 21st Century. The show runs until November 30th. Our producer, Frederic Rigolo, attended the opening and spoke with the four artists whose work is on display. We're a community organization, right? We do a community show, and then occasionally we'll have curated shows. And so the curated shows are really to bring in excellent work um, to this community so that the Belmont community can see this firsthand. Um, uh, the four artists here were my first choice. Um, they are uh, incredibly talented artists. Uh, my name is Susie White. I live on Martha's Vineyard. And most of my work is inspired by living there. Uh, and I'm very much about the process. Not so much being concerned with the end result. I just
sort of start with a piece of wood. So I work on the panels all separately, and then when I have no more room in my studio, I start cutting and piecing them back together. So they wind up having their own conversations. They change. They're all panels that were made at different points in time, but somehow um, I balance them together. They, they, they find a way of, of connecting um, that balances internally for me. Um, there's the visual impact of walking through the woods um, and then there's how it just gets into your soul and makes you sort of who you are. Okay. Hi, my name is Nadrette Andre. I'm a, a Boston-based painter. I paint my shoes in the South End and I paint seagrass habitats. Um, the scientists inspire my paintings. So this painting is called Reaching and it's an abstraction of um, how the seagrass plant itself reaches for light. Uh, it's very important that the um, blades of uh, the plant life reaches and finds light. For me, um, the seagrass habitats really help emphasize um, our connection with the planet. So for the last three years, I've just been painting seagrass. My name is Jean Arthur and my work uh, is very much about color and line and shape movements with a lot of, lot of energy. Uh, I believe in painting things from the heart and how I see life and the stories that I'm involved with every day. This particular painting is called A Drop of Grace. Uh, I was experiencing a difficult time in my life and someone uh, out of the blue gave me uh, something that helped me through that. I really like a little bit of a graffiti element, a little bit of freshness, uh, street energy, but as this shows there's not a lot of anger in it. It's more uh, just celebratory uh, joy about life. Hi, I'm Kelsey Reynolds. I'm an installation artist. This is my piece titled An Event. It's a site-specific architectural installation and it is um, similar to other installations I've done in the past using architectural structures that look like they're in the midst of creation or collapse. So in this particular piece, the, the architecture looks like it's rolling toward a uh, structure back here, almost as if it's about to collapse into that structure behind it. My use of color is very um, cartoon-like and very bright. I use a lot of pattern in my work, and that's a way of creating architecture that looks like it's a cartoon exaggeration of, of architecture, and um, meant to create a little bit of mystery or questions about what this architectural structure really is. And I find that that point of curiosity or wonder is really what engages people with the work and um, causes them to ask questions and really be a part of creating the meaning of the work. And now it's time for sports. Belmont High School football. On October 19th, the Marauders were defeated in a classic game by the Arlington High Sky Ponders 34 to 31. We have some video highlights shot by our volunteer Weldon Smith. Out of the shotgun, Bowler will try the quarterback draw, and a tackle's made by Sam Sagarian, one of the five Belmont captains. Well, I say that, but no, it's going to be a touchdown. Friday, hosting a first-round playoff game. Pitch to O'Connell. O'Connell's got it as he'll walk into the end zone, untouched for a Marauder touchdown. At the 40-yard line, 
And Arno again is back to throw. He's going to dump a little screen pass off to Rakai Joseph. This worked well a couple of weeks ago, and Rakai is in the open field again. Rakai Joseph will score. Ava Rotter touchdown. One timeout left. So here's the throw from Bowler, and that ball's caught for a touchdown. That'll be a 33-yard attempt for Hampton Trout. Ar Arno will hold the kick. It is up. It is good. Some a little bit of uh, snapping on the, some of the punts. Here's Bowler looking downfield. He's got an open man, and that ball is caught, and it's going to wind up being a spy ponder touchdown. The ball's at the 19. This is going to be a 29-yard attempt for Swift, and the kick is no good. Time. Arno out of the shotgun. He'll hand it off to O'Connell. O'Connell breaks through again in the open field, and Killian O'Connell is going to score a touchdown. Touchdowns for Killian O'Connell and a touchdown reception for Makai Joseph. And now it is intercepted by Justin Rocha. Rocha's going to bring it all the way. Touchdown run. And then Justin Rocha on the next play intercepts it. And Zach Hubbard scores the touchdown. They've got to score twice here. Of course, uh, Bowler is capable of uh, making plays happen fast. And there's a pass and there's a catch. We'll be playing right back here at Harris Field next Friday. Bowler will fire it downfield. It is caught. Bowler will dive over his offensive line and into the end zone for an Arlington touchdown. We're trying to get Peter over here to join me tonight on the broadcast. The kick is blocked. The kick is blocked. In this fourth quarter, it's going to be an onside kick. It takes a bounce. And uh, looks like Arlington might have recovered that. They have. Bowler will keep it. He's looking. He throws. It is caught for a touchdown. 31. This is going to be it. The last play of the game. It's trips right. Edwards is split in front of us here to the near side. Rakai Joseph in to block Arno. Stepping up. He's going to fire it towards the end zone. And there is nobody down there. That's all for now. I hope to see you next time.